this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity episode, I'm pleased to welcome my faithful prayer partner and dear friend, Larry Silver, author of Spiritual Identity, Believe God's Revolutionary Truth. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Patty, for having me today. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad that you're able to do this. So tell us about yourself and your ministry, and especially about your spiritual identity book. Yeah, my name is Larry Silver. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I have a twin brother. We both came from a Jewish background. It's kind of a long story how we became believers, but we captured it on a film that which is actually on Amazon Prime called Silver Twins. And it's the first 20 years of how two Jewish identical twins through separate and miraculous circumstances both come to the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, at really within six days of each other, Patty. So and, cool. Uh, I know. I love that movie, too. Thank you. Thanks. So that's a little bit about my background. I am in the construction industry uh, since 1988. I basically uh, went on my own 26 years ago. I've been a consultant and a recruiter. And in the last two years, I've become a merger acquisition advisor. My ministry is not only in the marketplace, which there's always ministry opportunities, but I'm an elder at a small church of about 50 people here in Dayton. It's actually at the crossroads of America at 70 and 75. And for a small group, we're doing a lot of things for the kingdom, which is great, including serving meals to over 100 families a month. We're always doing outreach events. Once a month, we go out with a ministry called Revive Ohio. And as you know, in January, my wife Lisa and I started a Bible club with the Navigators in public schools right here in Xenia, Ohio. And by God's grace, we're opening a second school in August, the Lord willing, it looks good. Yeah, that's some of what I've done. Uh, Spiritual Identity was first published in 2007. I was raising my family at that time. So it, it took me about 15 years to actually write the book. But in 2007, my children were raised. I was able to focus on the book. The second edition came out in 2018. It went from 18 to 24 chapters. Understanding who you are as a Christian from a lay perspective is really important. I think it forms the foundation of discipleship and helps you overcome the the evil one. It seems like it's been really hitting the spot for people that don't realize what the Bible says about them and what God says about them. Right. So, So identity in Christ is one of the key things that we address in lots of different ways on this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about two truths about our identity in Christ that are featured in your book. One is that we are spiritual beings, and the other is that we are God's masterpiece. We will begin with the spiritual being's truth first. So everybody is pretty aware that we're physical beings, but Larry, what does it mean that we're spiritual beings? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Patty. Uh I I agree that everybody realizes they're human beings, they have a body, but what they don't realize is really the center of who they are in their heart is a spirit that God has placed there. He's actually given every person a spirit, soul, and a body. And, you know, the soul is the mind, emotions, and will, which is kind of a dashed line to the spirit. It has impact on the spirit. How we think and feel affects the spirit, but deep in our heart, we have a spirit. Many people are still dead in their spirit. It's not vibrant. It's not operating well. It's not functioning. And I would say if you're not a believer in Jesus, you're not fully alive in the spirit. I think you would agree with me on that. Oh, yeah. So... 
being in the spirit means that you have to be born again. Jesus said, unless a person is born again, they can't enter the kingdom of God. He was talking to Nicodemus, Patty, uh, Israel's teacher, and Nicodemus' immediate response, typical response of someone who thinks they know what they're saying. He said, well, I've already been born from my mother in, in her womb. Are you saying I need to go back there again? And Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh. Yeah, you were born of water, but now you have to be born of the spirit. So there's a second transaction where we have faith in God and his message in the Bible, which you and I call the gospel message in the New Testament. If you have faith in that message, then God will give you his promised Holy Spirit. There's many verses that say this, that promise this, but I would say Romans 10, 9 and 10 for the listeners is a great passage to go to. I'm going to paraphrase it. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that it's true, then you will be saved. So you have to do two things. You have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead after he died for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. And you have to confess with your mouth that you believe this with all your heart. And if you do those two things, it says you will be saved. Another verse says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Obviously, if you're calling on the name of the Lord, you have faith that the Lord exists. Because as you and I have talked about, even the devil and his demons believe in God, but they shudder. You know, there's a lot of people who give intellectual assent, the fact that there's a God, but they don't have faith in him. Right. right. So it's got to drop from your head to your heart mm -hmm. in order for you to actually receive salvation. A lot of people don't quite understand that. Talk about what Jesus meant when he was talking to the woman at the well about worshiping in spirit and truth. Yeah, in John 4, he has preordained encounter uh, alone with a woman at the well. She's coming at a time of the day she shouldn't be coming. She's an outcast. She's had five husbands, and now she's living with someone. Basically, they enter a conversation. Jesus is like, give me a drink. And the conversation very quickly turns to spiritual things. He said, woman, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask him for a drink, and he would give you one that would well up to eternal life. And very quickly, she challenges him. And he says uh, to her, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And this is really important, because maybe people think God is like they are, like a human being, but he's not. He's an eternal spirit who always was and is now and always will be. He's the creator of the universe, along with Jesus, the Son of God, and then the Spirit of God. So there's three persons, but the Spirit that God is plays a role in us being able to connect to Him, Right. just like we connect to the internet. We have a connection. A lot of people think that they'll get a busy signal or that they won't be able to connect to God. He's too far off and they're not important enough to connect to God because He cares only about big things. And these are misconceptions and lies, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I asked the Lord to weigh in on this and asked him what he wanted us to know about the truth of us being spiritual beings. And he said, your spirit is the part of you that I created to connect with me. That's what you had just said there, Larry. Your spirit is with you in the present physical realm and with me in the spiritual realm simultaneously. Yeah. When you encounter me, like you learn how to do in this podcast, 
podcast, you increase your awareness of me so that I draw closer to you and you draw closer to me and I can help you become who I created you to be. Encounters with me in the spirit are not figments of your imagination. They are powerful, supernatural realities that have impact both in the physical and the spiritual realms. The more aware you become of this identity truth that you are a spiritual being, the more you can partner with me to become who I created you to become and live out of the powerful kingdom plan, destiny that I created for you. This is what is meant in the Lord's prayer when I pray to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My heart is for all people to come to know me intimately and choose me here on earth so they can be with me eternally in heaven. To ignore this truth that you are a spiritual being created for a unique purpose is to miss the greatest treasures of life now and eternally. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And when you're born spiritually to pick up where you just left off, it's a spiritual birth. So you're a spiritual baby. A person might be a hundred years old, but if they're just born again at a hundred and believe the gospel, the good news, they're a spiritual baby. So here's a question I ask in my book. Does a baby stop eating after they've been born? No, oh, that's a good one. No, they're just beginning. They're so just when you're born again, spiritually, you need God's milk. You need to learn the basic foundational things about your spiritual life. And then you can have more and more uh, adult food as you mature spiritually into the person that God has meant for you to be. So I would say that one great way to get to know God better in the spirit is through the written word, the Bible, and that's called logos in the Greek. And then another word is rhema, which is God's utterance, where God still speaks, just like uh, the book of Acts, we're a continuing book of Acts, where God is speaking and doing miracles and healing. And I know you know all about that, Patty, and you're experiencing it all the time. Right. The navigators taught me in my early Christian life, there's four main ways to get God's word in your heart. You can read it, you can hear it, you can memorize it and you can study it. But regardless of those four ways that come into your head, which you said earlier, to move it, the Bible and the written word from your head down into your heart and make it active in your life, you have to meditate on it. And that requires the Holy Spirit yes. indwelt. So I do want to talk a little bit about how Jesus sent us the helper to be able to do that because there is a verse I'd like to share real quick too. Mm -hmm. One Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 that says, but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature, for who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we, we have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ to be guided yeah. by his thoughts and purposes. So what he's saying there is the only way we could do those four things, read the Bible and meditate on it and is with the Holy Spirit's interpretation of what that word means. He is the author of all scripture. And yeah, yeah. he helps us discern what we're reading. He helps us understand what it means and he helps us apply it. I know my twin has become a real theologian in his own right. He's writing layman guides to the Bible, but he says, I'd like to spend at least 50% on application because if all this knowledge puffs us up and makes us 
you know, very knowledgeable, that doesn't help the kingdom of God. We need to put it into practice. So the, the verse in Joshua 1.8 is also a great one. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. That's application. Mm -hmm. What's the result? Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So if you don't do these things, if we don't get to know God's written word, we're not going to do what's written in it. And God won't be able to bless us in the same way. And I also think that another facet of this is we try to pray with all these words, but the Old Testament specifically says, and the New, don't use a lot of words. That's what pagans do. They babble. But just come and listen. Listen to what I have to say, God says, and do what I say and do what I do. And Jesus never took initiative. He only did what his father told him to do. And he only, you know, everybody on this podcast knows that's my favorite verse. Yes. Whether it's doing or whether it's teaching, it's based on what Jesus learned from his father. He didn't do these things on his own. And I believe neither can we. So if we're not independent from God and we're not independent from each other, we need each other. I'm not into the independent Christian life. I'm into the interdependent Christian life with other Christians, where we learn to use our gifts and abilities. We learn to hear God's voice together, make decisions in unity together, and then nothing can stop us. The Tower of Babel, Patty, they were in the flesh trying to build a skyscraper to God. He's like, we need to stop this. And he did stop it by confusing their speech. But he said, if, they, if they're successful, nothing will be impossible. My appeal is, if that's true in the flesh of man, what if we agree together and we work together in the spirit of God? Yeah. Exponentially, nothing will be impossible for that's us right. if, we do the, if we do these things. Exactly. So before we move on to Masterpiece, there's one more thing I want us to discuss on this. And it's related to the Holy Spirit indwelling and the absolute need for us to cooperate with him and not quench him yes yes so mm-hmm. what do you have to say about what you think quenching is i think quenching is going our own way independently not heeding god's voice when he speaks to us mm-hmm. That independence will quench God and make him not pleased with us. It takes humility, but it says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. So I think quenching is being independent, thinking you can do things on your own, even though you really are a supernatural being with God's spirit now. That's something to humble us. It's not something to be proud of because God gave this as a gift for us to make a difference, to serve, not to lord over others, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that we do that quench the spirit that is consistent with what you just said is to just straight up ignore him or to think we don't need him at all. Oh, wow. And, And when we do that, I think that really grieves his heart because we've got the fullness of the Godhead in our hearts. And if we live our lives as so that's not true. That's an unfortunate missed blessing, but it's got to break his heart too. Actually, he told me once that to leave him completely out is to nullify the work of the cross. I agree. And and a lot of times we don't have faith in what God says. The spiritual identity book has 20 plus attributes of 
the spiritual person. We're going to just talk about masterpieces now, which is just one of about 20 some that I talk about. God knows how to affirm us. He knows how to build us up, but we have to believe these things about us. They're hard to believe. They're so, they're so fantastic and they're so marvelous. It's actually hard to believe these things are true about us, Yeah, but we don't want to have inverted pride and say, God's not being truthful here. Right. He cannot lie about who he is. He cannot deny himself, but thank you for the segue because the next one we're going to talk about is what it means to be God's masterpiece. Yes. What do you want to say about that initially? The best gospel passage, I think, in the New Testament is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. Right after that great passage in Ephesians 2 that Paul uses, and I think evangelical Christians around the world use that passage maybe more than any other, is this verse, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So first we're saved, we're born again, and then the natural result is these good works start flowing from us. It's natural for a born-again Christian to do good. It's natural for a born-again Christian to help people and to serve and to lift other people up and to put others' needs ahead of yourself. God created great things for us to do before the foundation of the world. All we have to do is respond to them when he brings those opportunities to us. So it says that we're created as a God's masterpiece. The Greek word there is poema, P-O-I-E-M-A, little squiggly over the E. And it translates something that God has made. In a sense, we're God's poem because right. he, our lives are written by God for his glory. Mm-hmm. Not exactly a poem, and we're not exactly a piece of artwork masterpiece that goes up on the wall for everyone to look at. I don't mean it that way, though I kind of like some of those uh, metaphors. I think we're a masterpiece because we are now in Christ Jesus doing exactly the purpose that God intended for us, using our gifts and abilities. We're part of the body and we're synergizing and uniting with the body, maturing together into the head who's Christ. And we're doing wonderful things that make a difference in the world, not just so we can have a legacy, but really so we can build up the kingdom both now and in the future. I mean, the apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament. He's still making a great difference in people's lives 2000 years later. I want to be like that when I grow up. I when I grow up, I want to be like that. I want I want to be like Paul, who where generations and centuries beyond people are still people are still getting saved because of the legacy you left behind. That's really cool. I think he's going to be amazed when he gets a judgment day and realize the impact he actually had on the world. And I think that's one of the main reasons that we have to disciple this generation because if we don't disciple this generation, the gospel doesn't go forward and the end won't come. Now, we know God will bring it about, but we want to contribute to that. We want to be a masterpiece in God's tapestry, his mosaic. We want to be a part of that. I want to be a part. I know you want to be a part because we've been praying over seven years together, and we pray that a lot. Right. And it's a humbling prayer, but we need help. We need God's help. We can't do this in our own strength. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I I humbly admit that's true. I can't do anything apart from the Lord. But with the Lord, we, we are these masterpieces who right. he's fashioned and made us to be this way, to bring him glory. 
and it's so wonderful that it's hard to believe about us. So when I asked the Lord about this identity truth about us being masterpieces, he actually took me on an adventure that I'd like to share Cool. with everybody here. Uh, Jesus took me on a magic carpet ride, which if anybody is a repeat listener here, you know that he does that often with me. It's one of the, the fun adventures that he likes to, to give me and he teaches me something completely different every time. But this time he showed me a giant tapestry. It was bigger than the entire world and it was indescribably beautiful. There were so many unique colors and shapes, heavenly colors and shapes. We flew closer to it and I realized it was one of those photo mosaics things made up of smaller images. And then when we flew closer, I realized they weren't actually photos, but moving stories of people living their lives of great honor and service to the Lord. They were loving people well and reflecting God's heart and his power. And then when we zoomed in closer, I saw people laughing together and crying together, sharing meals and comforting people, praying together. I saw miracles breaking out as people prayed and others rejoicing and cheering over enthusiastic encouragement responses, living lives knit together. You mentioned that earlier, knit together in a magnificent tapestry of God's love, each one connected, woven together in a unique, unified blessing of God's heart. Each life was a blessed treasure to God, an important and unique part of a beautiful whole. I was blown away by that. And I hope that hmm. imagined it as I was talking about it. It's pretty amazing. It is. You mentioned unity before, but I just wanted to talk for a minute about the importance of us being masterpieces and how God has so uniquely connected us in God's overall kingdom plan. We are not separate vessels on this earth, are we? No, we're very connected. We're members of his body. That's actually a chapter in spiritual identity, but it was so important to me that uh, two books later, I wrote a book called The Power of Oneness. The key to spiritual growth is the subtitle of that book. We're very connected. And, you know, we don't really, we don't want to look at each other according to the flesh like they did in Babel. We want to look at one another according to the spirit. And we would have so much more respect and kindness and appreciation and wonder about each other if we really saw who we were, one another in Christ and how we fit in. I do have great appreciation at my church. I just go there and I feel like we're a family. I just go and I serve at the front. I, I take the offering. I greet people at the door. I just am myself. I just feel like I fit there, like I'm supposed to be there. There's a lot of younger people than me there that need help, that are struggling, that come forward for prayer. They don't see themselves as a work of art, a work of beauty and grace and love. But I try to tell them, God doesn't make junk. You're special. You're made for, for his purpose. Whether I'm at church or whether I'm out on the streets, this last weekend, I met a man at a health fair. And within 10 to 15 minutes, he understood the gospel and was able to open his heart and ask Jesus into his life. And I look for opportunities like that. And I'm praying for opportunities like that. So people can start to view themselves the way God views them, Patty, which is totally different than the way we view ourselves naturally. 
Well, I think that's one of the most important points here. I mean, we need to see through God's eyes and feel with his heart and hear, think his thoughts. We need to do those things in order to see ourselves rightly, in order to see others from the heart and not from the externals. I'm reminded of a story where the disciples, when they were arriving on the boat and they saw the demonic person, but Jesus saw his future potential. Yes. And you know what? I think that's what we need to do is we need to acknowledge because a lot of times either in our own, either in our own pride or false humility, we think we're not worthy to be God's masterpiece, or we think we don't need him to guide us in our lives. Kind of the opposite sides of a pride continuum, but the Lord sees us as the beautiful, gifted people that he created us to be and he has plans for us that are unique and special that fit like a perfect puzzle piece into his kingdom plan and the christian journey is all about trying to find that identity isn't it so that you can begin live consistent with the lord and live out here on earth exactly what he created you to be and it said in that verse you mentioned earlier he planned for that before the foundations of the earth were laid long before he you were a glimmer in your mother's eye he had plans for you that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I have to admit as an identical twin, I had, I struggled with my identity a lot and we competed a lot and people didn't, couldn't tell us apart. And you look in the mirror and you're not really sure that you're that different than your twin brother, but we are so different as we've matured and grown. We are so different. Our gifts and abilities and our interests, we have similarities. I mean, we look alike and we communicate. We sound like the same person sometimes, but we also grew up with a dad who in a Jewish family that he wasn't very involved, that it wasn't that he didn't care. He just wasn't wasn't very lovingly involved. He didn't give a lot of discipline. So we grew up with a father who was at a distance from us. And to overcome that identity, to know that God is truly my father, took me a lot of tears, a lot of groanings and a lot of cries, many months and years to really settle into who I am in Christ. Right. And it saved me. It it turned me into a totally different person. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we tell people how to connect with you? No, just I'm thankful that you're listening and I'm hoping that you're seeing at least a glimmer of something about yourself from the Bible and from God's heart that can encourage you today, that can strengthen you. I know that's what Patty and I want to do. And that's what she's doing through this podcast. So thanks so much for the opportunity, Patty. Yes. And I also want to thank you, Larry, not only for being a prayer partner, but being the editor of my books. (laughs) Absolutely. A final editor of sorts. (laughs) Yeah. So I just thank you for that. How can people connect with you? How can they find your movie and this book? And yeah, the easiest way is to go to Larry V like Victor. LarryVSilver.com is my website. You can get all my books on my website or you can get them all on Amazon. I've got several audio books, especially Spiritual Identity is on Audible.com. And then Amazon Prime has Silver Twins. It's an 84-minute movie and a full-length drama. And it's got some good 80s music for those of you that like 80s music. But it's not an action adventure. It's a it's a face story and it's a low-key movie, low-budget movie, but it's fun. So uh, that, that's the main main way that people can reach out is through my website and through buying some of these materials. And I would love to hear how these materials impact people. So thank you so much for joining us today. And all the links to everything that Larry just mentioned there will be below in this episode on pattyej.podbean.com. Stick around. We're going to have a Jesus encounter as usual at the end. But thanks, Larry. Thank you, Patty. Blessings.
Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After spending a few minutes in your special place, Jesus will share with you and show you the things he loves most about you as his masterpiece and why he created you with these qualities. He will also share with you how you can create an increased awareness of him in your spirit. Allow him to awaken all of your spiritual senses for this one. That means pay attention to what you see and hear, feel and sense, and any thoughts, pictures, or music that pop into your spirit. And make sure you record all of what he has to show you in your journal. I hope you learned a little bit more about your spirit today, as well as God's spirit connecting with yours. And I hope you realize how much God loves you and appreciates you as his masterpiece. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.